Welcome to the PPM Academy podcast for project, program, and portfolio managers, where we will interview industry experts and discuss current and future trends in the world of project, program, and portfolio management, and how what we do impacts our company's execution culture. I'm Gerald Leonard. Today, I have with us Dr. Mark Bojan. Dr. Bojan holds a Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration from Strayer University and an MBA from George Mason University and has a PhD in Organizational Management. He is one of a small number of people in the world who holds the certification as a Program Management Professional, PGMP, a Project Management Professional, PMP, and a Risk Management Professional, PMI-RMP from the Project Management Institute. In addition, he holds a Microsoft Certified Solutions Developer in .NET and an IDLE certification. He is also responsible for teams of over 100 individuals and has managed contracts in excess of $50 million. He has also taught hundreds of students in program, project, and risk management as both a professional instructor and an adjunct professor at George Mason University, Strayer University, Mississippi University for Women, and Ashford University. Finally, he's the author of the book, Program Management Leadership, Creating Successful Team Dynamics. Mark, thanks so much for talking with us today. I know today we're going to have a little bit of a twist in what we're going to talk about, and we're going to talk about the importance of leadership and program and project management, also including Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, motivation, and empowerment. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, first off, thanks for having me back. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy doing your show. Um, you know, as we look at, at program management and project management, for so long we've been focused on the mechanisms behind that uh, managing from a program level. Uh, you know, do we follow the process and all the rest? Right. Uh, in 2015, TMI came out with the new talent triangle, really elevating the importance of leadership. And leadership is how we're actually able to drive our teams to the high performance levels that the teams need to be at. Um, you know, just to be on the same page, right. my favorite definition of leadership is um, a leader is someone who is able to persuade others right. to willingly set aside their own personal agendas and work towards a common vision. Yes, yes. You know, one of my favorite definitions there- is John Maxwell, where he says leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Yes. Absolutely. And, and the key the key phrases in the definition, you know, number one is persuade. Right. I'm not ordering somebody. I can't order somebody. I can't order someone to give of themselves. I can tell them what they're going to do eight to five, but that's it. Right. And the second part of that is to willingly set aside their own personal ambitions. You know, when, when a leader persuades someone to set aside their own personal agenda and work towards a common vision, they have the investment of the team member. Yes. And personal investment. And in, in that personal investment, that's where we really get past the, can you do the task? Yes, I can do the task. And they do the task and they're done. This is where we get folks to invest of themselves in the project. So we need that investment to drive to a high-performing level. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, you talk a little bit about uh, emotional intelligence. Can you get into a little bit about emotional intelligence and how does that show up with leading teams and, and uh, what factors does that play in? Well, this is something that's it's growing a lot in, in popularity. Uh, for It's been out there for a while, but um, folks haven't necessarily really taken it and run with it. You know, emotional intelligence is an awareness 
of feelings, emotions, um, how people operate. Not only is it how your team operates, but also how you operate. Right. So as a leader, if I'm if I have a high level of emotional intelligence, I'm self-aware. I know what's going on. I'm able to compartmentalize and take you know my personal life and set it aside and focus on what we're doing for the team. Right. One of the things I, I truly cannot stand is the leaders who come in. I'll call them project managers, not leaders, but okay. project managers who come in on Monday morning and say, oh, I hate Mondays. Right. Okay? Because <laughs> exactly. you just had I got an you. impact on the team. Right, right. Um, you're setting, you may hate Mondays. Right, you're setting you the stage. you walk in on Monday morning, you've got to be bright and cheerful. Exactly. That's what the team is going to emulate. Right. Exactly. And someone with a high level of emotional intelligence um, they will be able to recognize their team members as well. They'll be able to see how their actions, other team members' actions, the organization has an impact on an individual, and they'll be able to address that impact before that has a negative impact on the team as a whole. Okay. So, you know, it, it's a question of self-awareness. The newest studies that are out, which I find fascinating, is that IQ is is actually measured uh, IQ is is considered to be less important now mm-hmm. than the emotional intellect. Right. Right. And so, you know, it used to be well the smarter you are, the better you're going to be. Well, we found that that's really not true. You could be a complete genius, but if you have no emotional intelligence, you'll never connect with your team. Right. You'll never be able to set the tone for the team. You won't be able to create a positive working environment. Um, and you probably will alienate team members. Right. So we're starting to see leaders demonstrating more and more emotional intellect over IQ. IQ I can hire. I can hire intelligent people until the cows come home. Okay. But a leader's got to be able to bring that emotional side in. It's a soft skill where they need to be able to bring that into the team and use that to drive that team towards high-performing teams. Right. Why do you think that's so hard for project managers uh, and even even other business executives to really develop that skill, even though they're extremely smart, but when it comes to that emotional intelligence and really understanding that they need to make a, a personal and also in an emotional connection with their team, why do you think that is so difficult? Well, you know, and this is something I hear every project manager tell me, I can't control the organization's culture. And you're right, you can't. At a project level, you don't have the authority or the ability to affect the organization as a whole. What you do have is the ability to affect your project team. So when we go through team team uh, development, you know, the forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. Um, In that forming stage, we have this unique opportunity to set up a project culture that may differ from the organizational culture. But by setting up this project culture focused on positive, focused on empowerment, focused on um, valuing the team members, that's our opportunity to create a unique environment for our team. Exactly. So we look at motivating teams, and, and people say to me, well, what do I need to do to motivate my team? Right. The answer is, there is no one single solution. Your team members are unique individuals. Therefore, they have unique uh, drivers, and therefore, you have to recognize those drivers to determine what matters to them. Can you just give them money? No. 
money isn't going to drive people to willingly set aside their personal agendas. Right. You know, whether it's empowering them, giving them more authority, whether it's letting them work in, in the, the kind of technology that they want to be working in. But we have to take the time to understand that. We have to take the time to we have to invest in the team members so that they invest in our projects. Right. Right. Because people, it's that old saying, people, um, they, they don't care how much you know, they care how much you care about them, you know, from that standpoint, yes. or know that you care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, we talk about failure. Failure is, uh, you know, where we learn. And everybody, right. I think, agrees that failure is a part of life. And failures, you know, we, we fail until we succeed. But each time we fail, we learn something and we move on to the next level. Right. If if we have emotional intelligence and if we understand our team members, we're supporting our team members as they move forward. The failures that they encounter are not held to, um, you know, earth shattering levels. They understand that we've got their back. They understand that we're working together towards a common solution and they feel comfortable now in taking those, um, those risks in the innovation in the creativity. Creativity never comes if, you are afraid of failing. Exactly. If you fail, and, and if you're afraid that you're going to get fired for failing, or you know, or you're going to get in trouble for it, then you're not going to take the risk to to generate something brand new. And that's what projects are. They're unique uh, products and services. Exactly. <clears throat> you know, when you think about just the whole idea of failure. You know, if on, on our project teams, we have a lot of different personalities and a lot of different people. And sometimes we end up with a couple of people that are maybe struggling, trying to keep up with the team or to do their part. Uh, what have you seen to be most effective in ways to handle uh, team members who may have issues or challenges? Well, you know, once again, it, it comes down to getting to know your team members and understanding them. Okay. Uh, each Each issue that you encounter is unique. Um, I've had people who were incredibly intelligent, capable of doing things that, that would blow your mind away. But they would alienate all of their, their coworkers, all of their colleagues, in the way they responded to new ideas, to innovation. Um, you know, they'd shut down innovation if it wasn't coming from them personally. So that's where a project manager will, will step in, a leader will step in, and start working with communications uh, processes, with uh, conflict resolution strategies. Right. You start working with the team, and once again, we go back to that whole aspect that the team is going to follow what the, the leader does over what they say. Right. right. So I can't necessarily say, go be nice to each other. What I have to do is I have to demonstrate it. And quite often when dealing with teams where we do have those kinds of problems, participating in the meetings, gently shutting down any negativity, encouraging people to speak up, um, you're, you're setting a standard that the rest of the team is now, they can now see how that standard is to be emulated. Right. And so as a leader, what we're doing is we're walking the walk, you know, talking the talk and, and demonstrating what we expect, setting out those, um, you know, basically the culture that we are willing to accept within our team. Exactly. And I think that's a really critical part. And as you know, I'm all about the culture uh, with the with my book mm-hmm. and other stuff that I'm doing. But I think when it comes to project teams, um, each one has its own little culture. And, you know, earlier mm-hmm. we talked about the idea that a project manager can't come in and change the organization. But I have seen 
a project manager who's savvy come in, work with this team, create an incredible culture, and influence the organization because of the work that that team was doing. Absolutely. You know, the project manager's role and responsibility and 90% of what they're supposed to be doing is clearing the way, uh, clearing the obstacles out of the path of the team so the team can do what they need to do. Right. And if there are issues that come back down, the project manager is the shield. The project manager needs to absorb it. Right. There isn't a single project that I have ever run that I did not start out with telling them, success is the team's, failure is mine. Failure is not an option. But failure is mine. Got it. Got and the reality is that, that because I'm managing the project, anything that goes wrong is going wrong because of the decision-making that I've made in that project. Right. So, therefore, it is my responsibility. But by doing that, we create a kind of shield over the, the team. And I like to use the phrase, I've given talks on this around the country, but I like to use the phrase project bubble. Okay. We can create this bubble within the organization, and the organization can be as toxic or as positive as it is. Right. But within our team, we're in our own little world, and we're now setting up the standards and the expectations and the support levels that we uh, we want to work with within the team. Right. So when we set up that positive culture, when we set up that culture where failure is okay as long as we learn from it and we move forward. You're now, you have people who will actually want to work on the projects. They'll want to work with you. Right. Um, you know, when we you look at the five stages of team development, Tuckerman's uh, five stages, you know, forming, storming, norming, performing, and then the adjourning. Uh-huh. In a truly high-performing team, the adjourning turns to a mourning. Right. People and... actually mourn the team breaking up. You yes. know, it, this was fun. I want to stay here. Right. Uh, I've got to go work on another project now. And so there's a kind of sadness because you're coming apart, you know, as, as a team. Right. There's a loss. When you've achieved that level, right. then you know you have a positive culture. Exactly. Right. Because there's a loss there for them to have to break up their core team and move on to another project to and, and realize that they're leaving their you know, almost family, if you will, right? Because they've gotten that close Absolutely. to, you know, they've stayed up nights working on code. They've, they've you know, um, uh, talked through different situations or maybe argued it through situations, but they've always come out where it was a win-win and everyone was respected and, and, and thought about so that by the time the team is ready to dismantle, if you will, there's a real heartbreak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and when, when you when you build the teams so that they become self-managed, empowered, their communication is acceptable, you know, positive, and their collaboration, right. um, they're they're interacting with each other, and the conflict resolution is maintained at a positive level. Because let's right. be clear, innovation and creativity only come from conflict. Exactly. So we have to stay on the positive side of conflict and avoid the negative side. Right. My personal greatest success in my career was I built a team over five years, and we had 0% attrition over that five years. Wow. But when I left, the team stayed together. And for three years, they had 0% attrition, and they stayed together. That was a team that no longer needed the leader. They had established the culture. They had the communication. They stayed together, and they pretty much self-managed um, the projects that they had going forward. Right, right. Yeah, that's 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 really big, and I think it's more important 
than ever for um, organizations, for, for federal governments, state governments, to really invest in and, and create the kind of program leadership planning and skill set and capability that's needed to lead these major projects. And, and whether they're small or, or, lar- or mega projects or large projects, but that they have that skill set, that tool set, that mindset to be able to do that. And that's, it's a good segue into my last, our last little topic here, which is recently the U.S. Senate anonymously approved the Program Management Improvement and Accountability Act. Now, this basically is, is going to the, the desk of President Obama before he leaves office and he signs it and it becomes a law. And basically it states that the federal government now is requiring that all major programs or uh, projects and programs have um, a program manager and that the government is going to be investing and bringing on board um, strong program management leadership. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, personally, I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, the PMP has been a part of uh, government contracts now and, and commercial contracts, honestly, right. um, for for quite some time, you know, probably eight years or so, uh, where it is now a minimum standard, is minimum set of expectations is that if you want to be a project manager, you walk in with a PMP. Right. The PGMP, the Program Management Professional, um, while it's growing, it hasn't grown, you know, very fast or very quickly. I mean, the, the numbers are getting up there right now. Okay. It is a more expensive certification, right. but it does ensure that we, we are at least following a, uh, equivalent set of patterns across programs, that we have benefit management, that we're managing our stakeholder expectations, that we are, as we realize the benefits, we're communicating those benefits out. Um, you know, I think it's a fantastic thing. And, you know, I, I watch on LinkedIn, and it's one of my favorite things, is Every week or every couple of weeks, you'll see someone post an article about how certification, you know, ruined project management or they didn't need certification and, you know, all the rest of it. The reality is that, you know, certification says that you are you are knowledgeable and aware of the processes that are that are part of managing a project. Now, with the program, you'll be aware of those processes. And it says that we'll be able to consistently manage our project managers because we're going to get the same output from all of them. Right. Um, whether you like the certification or not, no, the certification does not make somebody qualified. Correct. We, um, we all know that, right? But it is a minimum set of standards is that you know this information. Right. Uh, one of the problems is now that with soft skills – that are really kind of coming up. And, you know, quite often you hear a project manager or program manager say, oh, I hate the soft skill stuff. Yeah, but it's the soft skills that drive us to success. Exactly. It's the most, yeah. it's, it's, it's really some of the most important things because you can have the system process and tools and the hard skills, but if the finesse, the emotional intelligence, the communication skills, if you don't, if you're struggling in that area, then you're going to struggle leading a team and really building a cohesive team. Right, right. If you don't have that conflict resolution, you don't have the communication standards, um, you, you are absolutely, the team is never going to kind of uh, become a cohesive unit. It's it's going to, you know, stay as individual drops of mercury, if you will, you right. know, where, you know, they're all on their own side of the, the coin. Right. You know, one of the things we have to do in, in program management and project management is we have to convince our team members to tell us specifically what we don't want to hear. 
Okay. I need to know the absolute worst news right. so that we can manage to it. Okay. If, if I'm not emotionally aware and somebody comes and tells me that there's bad news and I curse and stop my foot and get angry and get upset, you know, in all honesty, they're not going to come and tell me the next time there's a problem. Exactly. And I need to know when there's an issue. Exactly. I can't be successful without it. Exactly. You know, in fact, this this program uh, policy has four major issues or areas that it's that they have to focus on. And one is job creation and the and the career path for program managers. Another one is developing the standards for the program management policies. Another the third one is the executive sponsorship and making sure that the executives are engaged. And as you know, that's critical for executive leadership to stay engaged throughout. And as you know, a lot of times executives come onto programs or projects and once they feel like it's comfortable and everything is moving, they want to bow out and go do something else. Right. And we really need them to stay engaged the entire time throughout the whole process. And then finally, it's the sharing of knowledge from successful program managers across to other program managers. What are your thoughts about these four? Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 being able to, to uh, work you know, with other program managers, being able to work within a portfolio, having consistent set of standards across the board, managing our stakeholders, these are critical success factors. Right. Um, I, I can remember I was working on a project. We had a $1 billion a year multinational firm we were working with. And I sat down with the CEO, and the first risk that we went over is that the CEO become um, you know, uninvolved. Right. But he said, so you mean the greatest risk to this project is me? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> he says, how so? I said, well, if you stop paying attention, right. everyone will stop working. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, I need your involvement. I need you to stay involved. I need you to participate. Um, and he was floored because he, he really hadn't considered the fact that he couldn't just set this program up and then walk away. It was going to require his involvement on an ongoing basis and his support for the organization because it was a very risky, very creative and very innovative program. Right. Right. And we know where the leadership is focused, then the rest of the team is going to focus. But when he turns his attention to somewhere else, they're going to turn their attention to somewhere else. And something that's critical like that, could you could end up dropping the ball on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When when um, when executive management takes their eye away, um, you know, folks are going to work on what they feel is, you know, the 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 thing that the executive managers most want them to do right. and not necessarily what they really do want them to be working on. Right. So yeah, there's a huge shift there and we have to manage to that. And, and quite often we have to turn around and explain to our stakeholders, yeah, you know what your involvement, your lack of involvement is killing the program. Exactly. And that's a really critical and important message to get across. Well, Mark, as we close yeah. here, um, if our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they go? Uh, number one, uh, uh, LinkedIn. Always find me on LinkedIn. I've got an open profile, so it's Mark Bojan, um, and um, uh, that'd probably be the best way. I'm also working with Harrisburg University and their Master of Project Management okay. and their Agile and Lean Center. So you can always contact me through Harrisburg University. Excellent, excellent. Well, I definitely look forward to talking with you and a lot of your colleagues at that university, as you and I have kind of talked offline about. So in conclusion, uh, Mark, thank you so much for talking with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Dr. Mark 
Bojan, author of Program Management Leadership. And for more expert insights, go to Principles of Execution. Thank you.